listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Let's jump into this, guys. Thank you, Amy, for sharing it. Thank you, everybody, for sharing today. It's going to be a phenomenal week. Uh, I'm with you all week this week, 10.30 a.m. I'm with you all week next week from Albemarle, North Carolina, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. You're not going to want to miss any of these broadcasts because it's going to be powerful, especially as we're finishing up this fast. I got some things to show you that's going to stir your faith. So I want to begin talking to you about this. Oh, by the way, let me say this as we're jumping in, because we're talking about faith, the course Mountain Moving Faith is literally maybe a week away, maybe less than that, from launching on Miracle Word University. This is going to be the absolute best course that we've ever released for Miracle Word U, and um, over five hours of teaching on how to build and keep and use Mountain Moving Faith. We're going to give you more details for people that are already Miracle Word U uh, students, you're going to get an early uh, access. We're going to email you. You're going to get early access to the course. But I'm so, so excited to release this. It's going to be the best course we've ever released without question. Um, Thank you very much, Gary, for sowing a seed. Appreciate you. Um, And and so this is going to be launching. And then the next one we have coming out is going to be on uh, Worship Keyboard. I'm going to be teaching how to get involved in worship, teach keyboard at three different levels as they're going to come out. The first one will be intermediate, and uh, it's going to be it's going to be amazing. I've got some other things planned for worship too. A lot going to be happening in 2020, let me just tell you that. It's going to be an extremely fruitful year, so keep your ear to the ground. John chapter 2 is where I want you to turn to start with me today, and thanks to everybody that's putting the... Um, the references in the comments. I really appreciate that. I am sunburnt Jenna. I was at the pool yesterday with uh, Teddy and the kids when I got back from um, North Carolina and uh, it was hot yesterday. So pray for us here in Florida. It's like, it was like 80 yesterday. And uh, so I did, I caught, I caught a sunburn at the pool. Um, <laughs> I know people are like mad as they're like in snow up North. <laughs> I know that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Insane. John chapter two. So we're talking about this. Um, we're talking about this uh, thought process of uh, supernatural faith that will create realities uh, in your life. Faith that will create realities. One of the things that you have to understand is that faith is a substance that can change the natural realm. I think we all understand that as uh, believers because we know that faith is powerful. We know that it's a supernatural substance that God has given to us so that we can make changes in the natural realm. That's how miracles happen. That's how divine healing takes place. Uh, That's how we are blessed and prospered. Uh, We prosper even in times when maybe the government's not doing well or the nation's not doing well. It's because our faith allows us to go above the normal and live in the abnormal. It allows us to go above the natural and live in the supernatural. And so I want you to pop that in the comments. First thing today, my faith allows me to live in the supernatural. Write that in the comments. My faith allows me to live in the supernatural. And so those of you that have faith in God and faith in his word should never expect 
to live or look normal. You should never expect to live or to look normal. What do I mean by that? Well, you've you've heard me speak um, excessively about how that the blood of Jesus gives you access to heaven's blessings. And if you've read the book that I released, Blood on the Door, you know how we believe, and that is that God has a desire to exempt you from the crises of this world and to exempt you from the problems that everybody else is going through who does not who do not have a redeemer. If somebody doesn't have a redeemer, then they're not qualified to have the same blessings that you have as you have a redeemer. So you have a savior, you have a healer, you have a uh, what the Bible calls uh, one who brings peace or the peace bringer, the paraclete, that's the Holy Spirit. You have access to the provider, uh, one to empower you. So all of these things make you look and live different, but we receive these things by faith. So if you have faith, your life shouldn't look the same as anybody else. Why? It allows you to go from living in the natural to living in the supernatural. Faith is a substance that allows you to live in the supernatural. Faith is a substance <clears throat> that allows you to live in the supernatural. And that's what you're writing in the comments now. And so one of the things that I want to show you today in this broadcast is that one of the most powerful ways to release faith is by speaking. One of the most powerful ways. In fact, I would call it the highest level of faith. The highest level of faith is when you speak believe and see things happen. And the reason that I call it the highest level of faith is because that's how God operates in faith. The Bible says that he spoke and created the world, literally. All things were created by and through his word. And so we know that that's how God releases the miraculous. It's how God moves. He speaks and things are created. And so that's what the reason that I call it the highest level of faith is because it's the method that God uses to release his power into the universe. And of course, as you're in John chapter two, you can stay there. But let me once again remind you of Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 11. Listen to God speaking through the prophet Isaiah. So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. So understand, uh, God is speaking here through the prophet about his own word. And he's saying that his word always performs and accomplishes what he sends it to do. And so because that's the case, you understand God's word cannot fail. God's word cannot fail. So, uh, one of the things, by the way, that I teach in the Mountain Moving Faith course is that faith in God is literally just faith in his word. And I want you to pop that in the comments because that's a very important thing to remember throughout your life. Faith in God is simply, that's Isaiah 55 and verse 11. For those of you that didn't get the reference, Isaiah 55, 11. And so remember this, faith in God is merely faith in his word. Faith in God is just faith in his word. It's important to understand that because the word of God is the will of God revealed. The word of God is the will of God 
revealed. If you ever hear people say, well, you know, brother, you can never truly know the mind of God. You can never truly know, you know, what God wants to do. You know, he's a mystery. No, that's not true. That's not true at all. God doesn't want to keep himself a mystery to his children. If he did, why would he spend so much time throughout the Old and New Testament revealing himself to his children? If if God wanted to stay a mystery, why did God take so much effort and time to reveal himself? I mean, starting with Adam, why did he come down from heaven and literally walk and talk with Adam in the cool of the day? The Bible teaches that. Why did he consistently and uh, and clearly reveal himself over and over and over to not only the children of Israel come into the New Testament? He revealed himself through Jesus and revealed himself through his miracle working power. And so, thank you, Fabiola. And so, you know, God doesn't want to remain a mystery to his children. He wants to reveal himself. And the word of God is the will of God revealed to us. So, you know, the Bible says that we can, we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. So we can know the will of God. We can know uh, the mind of God because not only do we have the Holy Spirit, we have his written, holy, inerrant word. And so when you say, I have faith in God, remember this, you're just simply saying, I have faith in his word. I have faith in his word. He gave us this word to show us his mind and his plan and his will. And so it's important because we're talking about the will and we're talking about the word, faith in his word. So I've said this for years that if you, if you speak the word, if you'll just speak the word of God, you can never be wrong. You'll never be wrong speaking the word of God, saying what his word says. I don't mean twisting it to your own desire and speaking it out of context. I'm saying when you speak the word of God, you can never be wrong. The word of God is God's will revealed. And so I want you to see this, and I had you to turn to John chapter two. The word of God allows us to create realities throughout our life and throughout the future. We can create realities. Well, let me give you an example of that. Uh, one, of the, one of the easiest ways to see what the disciples did, what Jesus did, is that they created the reality of health and strength in people. People who were sick, people who were diseased. Jesus met with people that were blind, people that were deaf, people that were demon-possessed. But by faith and by the power of God, by his word, people who were sick became healthy. People who were leprous became clean. People who were blind became able to see. They received their sight. People that were deaf received their hearing. It was restored to them. People that were dead were raised. So what's going on? It's the ability to change the natural realm by the supernatural. It's the ability to change the natural realm by the supernatural. And uh, that's what faith allows us to do. And so God has given you faith so that you can change what's happening in your life and around your life and align it with his will and his plan for your life. And, and make no mistake about it. God does have a will and a plan for your life without question. Jesus died. And of course, if you've never heard me mention this before, Jesus died according to Revelation chapter five. He died to purchase supernatural blessings for you. The Bible says in Revelation five twelve. and by the way, 
this is the verse of scripture where we derive our kids confession from the seven redemptive benefits of salvation or uh, we, we call them. And that's what's on the posters that we have for your kids. It's what's on the back of one of the shirts. It's what we say with the kids every night before bed. Um, I am powerful. I'm wealthy. I'm wise. I'm mighty. I have honor. I have glory. I have blessing. The reason we say that is because the Bible says in Revelation 5.12 that angels were flying around the throne of God and saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Revelation 5.12. The reason that we confess that is because those are the things, according to scripture, Jesus purchased with his blood when he was slain. That's what the angels are saying. Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive. So remember this, Jesus died to receive certain things. His death was a transaction to purchase things for you and for me. And those seven things are uh, specifically listed in scripture so that we may understand why Jesus died. He died, not just so that we could be free from sin, but to receive those seven things and then transfer them to you. Why do we say that he he received them for us? Because he didn't need them. He already had them. And I've taught on that at length. So understand that those things need to be manifested by faith in this natural realm. People don't just automatically have and operate in power. You actually have to receive an empowering force by faith. Who is that empowering force? The Holy Spirit. And the Bible says, Jesus said this, Acts 1.8, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And then you'll be my witnesses. So understand it takes faith to receive the Holy Spirit. And that's provable in scripture. Acts chapter 19, Paul went to Ephesus, which is now a part of Turkey and met 12 men there, the Bible says. And he asked them a question. Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Well, it turns out that they said, I've not even heard that we've not even heard that there is such a thing called the Holy Spirit. And then he asked them, well, then what baptism were you baptized with? They said, John's baptism. So here's the thing. They'd not even heard you could get saved yet since Jesus rose from the dead. They'd not even heard that message that you can be saved or baptized in the name of Jesus. So Paul allowed them to understand that, preach the gospel, then baptized them all in the name of Jesus. They got saved. And then He laid his hands upon them after they'd heard the message of the Holy Spirit. He laid his hands upon them and all 12 of them were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues and prophesy. And so at first they couldn't receive an empowering spirit because they hadn't heard of it. They didn't have faith for it. But after they heard about it, had faith for it, they could receive it. And so it takes faith to receive the Holy Ghost. And when you receive the Holy Ghost, the Bible says you receive power. And so power is something. Remember, the Holy Spirit being sent to us is a benefit of redemption. Jesus said, I'll not leave you as an orphan, but I'll send you a comforter. He said, I have to leave here. I have to go back to heaven so that I can send you the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is literally a benefit of salvation. I want you to see this now. We're in John chapter two. Jesus did the same thing that his father did. 
and used the power of his words or his confession to change his life. And I had never seen this before. Take a minute to share if you haven't done so yet, because this changed me in a massive way because it's time sensitive. Your words are time sensitive. You actually can send a word into your own personal future that will literally begin to create for you and wait on you until you get there to experience the benefit of your confession. This is huge to understand. It's huge to understand that you can literally speak a word of faith out of your mouth, send it into your future. That will begin to produce and it will wait on you until you arrive in the future and it will then perform what you sent it to do. And I want you to see this. Jesus did the same. Jesus did the same. You know, it wasn't just that the Holy Spirit raised Christ from the dead. That's that's not the whole story. It's not just that the Holy Spirit raised Christ from the dead. It is that Jesus sent his own word into the future that waited for him in the tomb. This I'm telling you, man, this is going to stir your faith. Listen to this. Go to John chapter 2 and verse uh, let's, let's go to verse 18 first, John 2, 18. Listen to this. So the Jews said to him, what sign do you show us for doing these things? And Jesus answered them, listen to this, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, it has taken 46 years to build this temple and you'll raise it up in three days? But he was speaking about the temple of his body. When therefore he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. Watch that. That was a confession of faith out of the mouth of Jesus in John 2, 19. They asked him, what sign are you going to show us to prove that you've done these things? He said, destroy this temple. Speaking, of course, of his own body, the temple of the Holy Spirit. He said, destroy this temple. And in three days, I will raise it up again. That was a prophecy, by the way. That was a prophecy of Christ. And when he spoke that word, hallelujah. When he spoke that word, he sent that word into his own future. And that prophecy sat there and waited on him, and waited on him, and waited on him until he got to the tomb. It waited on him while he was dead the first day. It waited on him while he was dead the second day. And on the third day, early, early in the morning, as soon as that word was allowed to perform, it performed in the tomb and raised him up from the dead. That was his own word waiting on him that raised him from the dead. Now, I've taught this before, and I want to show it to you again because uh, people may be confused and say, well, I thought the Holy Spirit raised Christ from the dead. He did. He did. But I want you to understand that if, you, if you've never heard me preach on this, the breath of God is the Holy Spirit. The breath of God, and put it in the comments, the breath of God is the Holy Spirit. The breath of God is the Holy Spirit. And I want to show you this because it's so vitally important. When you take, of course, we have this, we have this course <clears throat> in our Miracle Word University. It's called pneumatology. 
It's just the, it's the study of the Holy Spirit. But the word pneumatology is actually two Greek words put together. It's the first word pneuma and then logos, which is uh, the word or the teaching of. Pneuma means the breath or the wind, literally. That's the literal translation of pneuma. It means the breath or the wind. But scholars all agree that it means the breath or the wind of God, the pneuma of God, that is the Holy Spirit. And so we understand this, that the breath of God or the wind of God is the Holy Ghost. The Bible says that when Adam was just a created being on the ground, it was not until God blew his breath into the lungs of that being that he came alive. He blew the Holy Spirit into Adam and he came alive. On the day of Pentecost, the Bible says they were in one place in one accord and they heard a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind. Why? God was blowing his breath of the Holy Spirit and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost. But the first thing that happened was not tongues of fire, was not speaking in tongues, was not prophesying. It was that they heard a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind. What is that wind, that pneuma? It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. So when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, when you are filled with the Holy Ghost, if you've never seen this before, <clears throat> it's impossible. And I always have people do this <clears throat> as an object lesson so they can see what I mean. If, and if you've been in one of my services, you've probably seen me do this. I tell people to put their hand in front of their mouth and say the word power. And when you say power, you can feel that word hitting your hand. And the reason that you can feel the word hitting your hand <clears throat> is because it's impossible to speak without breath being released from your lungs. That's why you have to keep breathing as you're speaking to somebody, because the more that you speak, the breath leaves your lungs. And then you have to take another breath to speak some more. It's impossible to speak without releasing breath. It's impossible to speak without releasing breath. So watch this. This is a powerful revelation if you've never seen it before. Every time God speaks, his breath leaves his mouth, and that means the Holy Spirit goes to perform what he sent his word to do. The reason that we can re read Isaiah 55, 11 and understand that his word never returns empty or void is because every time God speaks, his breath leaves his mouth. And his breath is the Holy Spirit, the pneuma of God, the wind or the breath of God. And so he's sending out the Holy Spirit every time he speaks. So every time you speak filled with the Holy Ghost and you declare the word of God, you are releasing the Holy Spirit. You're releasing the power of heaven to do what God's word said he would do. I love it because the same thing happened at Lazarus' tomb in John chapter 11. Jesus stood in front of the tomb of Lazarus, said, roll away the stone. They did. And then all he had to do was say, Lazarus, come forth. The breath of God came out of Jesus' mouth, went into the tomb, and shook a dead decomposing man back to life. How? Because when you speak, the breath of God is released from your mouth. Jesus did the same over his own life and body in John 2.19. He said, destroy this temple, 
and in three days I will raise it up again. That word that he just released, not only was it prophecy, because by the way, it was prophecy, but also he spoke and the spirit of God was released as he spoke and the spirit of God literally went into the future and was waiting on him to arrive so that on the third day, when he prophesied it, in three days, I will raise it back up again. I love that the Holy Spirit didn't have to wait until five in the evening, eight at night, 11 at night. The Bible says that the women arrived at the tomb early, early in the morning, very early in the morning. And the stone was already rolled away and the tomb was already empty. God didn't have to delay. His word didn't have to wait. You know, who knows? Could it be? Is it possible that the moment midnight struck and the third day officially began, Christ was raised from the dead? Because listen, at any time on that third day, he could have arisen according to his own prophecy. So is it possible that as soon as that third day began, the stone was rolled away and Jesus, his own word and the Holy Spirit that was released by his word raised him from the dead. We know it happened early because the Bible says that they arrived at the tomb very early in the morning and were surprised to find that there was no body. The stone was rolled away and the angel said, why are you looking for the living among the dead? Hallelujah. Because Jesus was already alive. His word traveled out of his mouth into his future and created reality for himself. Why is that? He had the power to speak and authority came from his mouth. The power of the Holy Ghost came from his mouth. Now, it's important to remember Jesus Christ is our role model. He's our role model. And so I want you to understand that because he's our role model, he is showing us how to live as supernatural beings. This is not something that was only reserved for Christ. And now that we're, we're here, you know, well, we're not able to do what Jesus, no, Jesus said something specifically so that we would never think like that. Do you realize that? Jesus said something and had it recorded in scripture so that we would never, ever think like that. Well, he was Jesus, you know, and, you know, we can't do what he did. He was a supernatural son of God. No, this is what Jesus recorded in scripture so that you would never, ever think like that for your entire life. John 14, 12, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. Meaning I'm going to send them, which is you, the Holy Spirit. So Jesus said those words and had it recorded in the canon of scripture so that you would never be able to say, well, he was Jesus, you know, and I'm just, I'm me, you know, I'm not, uh, you know, I, I don't know why anyone would expect me to be able to do what Je because Jesus himself said of you. Anybody that believes on my name, look at this. I love this because it says, it, it, it doesn't say, and, and I love that he was so specific on this. It does not say my original 12 disciples will do the works that I have done and greater works than these. 
you know, because he could have easily said that my apostles will do the works that I have done and greater works than the, he didn't say that he did not limit his supernatural power to his uh, original 12 apostles, what we know as the apostles of the lamb. He didn't limit it to, to only them. Notice how he phrased it by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Whoever believes in me, that's it. Whoever believes in me, hallelujah, will do the same works that I have done. Whoever believes in me, that's you and that's me. We believe in Christ. We believe he's Lord. We believe he's alive. We believe God raised him from the dead. And so we're the ones, hallelujah. I want you to actually write it in the comments. I want you to write, I am the one Jesus was speaking about. I want you to write that in the comments. I am the one Jesus was speaking about. While I have a few sips of the most delicious juice that I've ever found on the earth. It's like a nectar that was created just for me. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Marshall loves Jesus and monster trucks and Batman and Iron Man. Sounds like my three-year-old son. I think Teddy created a YouTube account and now he's commenting on the broadcast. That's right. Good morning, Kim. I am the one Jesus was speaking about. I want you to write in the comments section. I'm the one who... Anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I have done and greater works than these because I'm going to be with my father. And so I want you to understand the same way God speaks, the same way Jesus spoke, good to see Ben, love you, man, is the way that you can speak with the power of the Holy Spirit. The same way. You're not different. You're not different. What does the Bible say? The Bible says that to as many as believed on his name, to them did he give power to become the sons of God. To as many as believed on his name, to them did he give power to become the sons of God. So you have power and have now become a son of God. It blows people's mind to hear that Jesus is no longer the only begotten son of God. People think that's blasphemous if you were to say that. It's not blasphemous. Jesus had the, I mean, the scripture literally says that about you. The scripture says that. And so it's very important to understand that, that Jesus became the first son of God so that there could be many sons of God. That's such a vital thing to understand. <clears throat> Jesus was the first son of God and at the time the only begotten son of God so that there could be many sons of God. Many believed in his name. And understand this. To as many as believed on his name. To them, he gave power to become the sons of God. So you're a son of God today. If you're a Christian, you are a son of God. Man or woman, you're a son of God. There's no such thing as a daughter of God. You're a son of God. That means you receive the inheritance. 
Son of God. Every believer is a son of God. And because you are, you have the ability to do the works of the son of God, which is Christ. Amen. And so you have the ability to speak like Christ spoke and see those same things come to pass. I want to show you this. Listen, Proverbs 18 and verse 21. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruits. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And it's important to understand you need both. People read that scripture many times, Proverbs 18, 21. They read that verse of scripture and they think to themselves, well, you know, that's, that shows us we need to speak life and not death. Well, that's not true. God's given you the power to speak both of those things and both are necessary. There are times you need to speak death. So what are you talking about? Jesus did it and you need to do it. You need to speak death sometimes. If the devil were to attack you with cancer or a cancerous tumor, you don't speak life to that thing. You speak death to it. You speak death to it. You know, I was in, um, I was in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma preaching uh, one, one Sunday morning. And, um, while I was preaching a whole row of people were talking the whole time, literally a whole row of people in the church were talking throughout my whole message. And, you know, luckily I didn't like rebuke them. I found out later it was a visiting family that were Puerto Rican and didn't speak any English. They spoke Spanish only. And so there was someone that was interpreting for all of them, but instead of wearing earpieces, they were just in the row talking and interpreting my message to the whole family. And uh, it turns out that they were not members of the church where I was preaching, they were visiting. And so the, one of the ladies, her name was Maria, came forward at the end of the service and she said, I came because I heard you were having a miracle service and I believe you're a man of God. She said this through the interpreter. She said, I have to go into the hospital because they found a tumor in my brain. And she said, um, so I wanted, to, I wanted to ask you to pray for me because I believe if you would, God would heal me. Well, she had faith. And so what did I do? I didn't speak life to the brain tumor. <laughs> I cursed it in Jesus' mighty name. I cursed the brain tumor. I commanded it to die, to shrivel and to die in Jesus' name. And she left weeping. She received the prayer. That was Sunday morning. Sunday night, no Maria was in sight anywhere. Monday morning service, no Maria. Monday night, no Maria. Tuesday morning, no Maria. And then Tuesday night, in she walks with a big smile on her face. So I knew we had a testimony. I said, bring her up. Let her, let's let her testify. And an interpreter came with her. And she testified. And she said, sorry, it took me so long to come back, everybody. But I went in Monday morning and she said they couldn't understand what was happening with me. And so they kept me at the doctor. They kept me at the hospital all day Monday and all through the morning and afternoon today. And they just released me this afternoon. They said they thought that their, she said they thought that their machines were broken because they had my old, uh, what would they call it? A cat scan. Um, and she said they were looking and had all my old x-rays and saw the tumor clearly in my brain, 
But when they x-rayed me, because they were trying to figure out a date for surgery, they x-rayed me all day yesterday on several different machines and they couldn't find the same result. They kept me today, continued testing me, and they had to send me out uh, with the final diagnosis that there's no more brain tumor uh, and, and I don't have to have surgery. Instantly, by the power of God, as we prayed, what did we do? We spoke the word of God. I had the whole church pray with me. We spoke the word of God. And we cursed that tumor. We commanded that tumor to die and to shrivel and pass from her body. And what happened? The same thing that happens uh, when God speaks or when, when Jesus speaks or when you speak is that the power of the Holy Ghost is released from your mouth and gives you the ability to create a reality to walk in. Now, that woman's reality is she has no more brain tumor. Her reality is that she doesn't have to have surgery and have them cut her skull open with a saw and literally remove tumor from her brain. You know, <clears throat> none of that has to be her story. Her reality now is no surgery necessary, no brain tumor visible in any scan, now completely healed and completely free. Why? Because you can speak a word that will perform. It is empowered and backed by the Holy Ghost as you align your words with God's words. That's how it works. And so faith allows us to speak words by faith that will cause reality to change in our lives. And that's what we need to do. There need to be things that you have, that you're believing for, written down. The Bible says that's what we're to do. Write the vision, make it plain upon tablets that they may run that read it. Make it plain. The reason is, is because we want to clearly know what we're believing God to do and what our goals are. We write them down and then you find scriptures. That's why even through this fast, if you've been following us on social media, even through these days of prayer, we've tried to kickstart your prayer life every day with prayer points that we've posted on social media with the scriptures included. Why do we do that? Because God only honors his word. And so we find scriptures to base our prayers upon so that our prayers will be backed by God's word and will carry power and authority in the unseen realm. And as we do it, we're releasing God's word and it's creating realities by the power of the Holy Ghost. Let me get my phone. Let me, let me read you this because if you haven't been a part of this, um, you need to see some of these things that we've, we've posted because I, I want you to see it. I liked yesterday's a lot. Listen to this. According to Genesis 12, 2 and 3, ask God to make you a blessing to the entire world. God promised that to Abraham. I will bless you and I will make you a blessing. And then according to Galatians chapter 3, that if you belong to Jesus, then you are Abraham's seed and an heir according to that promise. So what he said to Abraham in Genesis 12 belongs to you too. So as we pray that prayer, it's scriptural for us. God, as you did for Abraham, make me a blessing to my generation in the mighty name of Jesus. Let me be a blessing to the entire world by the power of the Holy Ghost. Joel 2.25, ask God to restore to you every year that was eaten by the locust, to restore to you everything that was stolen, anything the devil thought he could keep. Let this be the year, Lord, that you restore to me everything that was stolen. And you know what the Bible teaches actually in Proverbs 6, 31, when the thief is found, 
he must pay you back seven times what he stole. So it would be scriptural to pray this way. Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray that in 2020, not only will you restore to me what was lost or stolen from my life, but that the devil would pay me back seven times what he stole in Jesus' name, according to Proverbs 6.31. And so we give you these things. Number three, thank God that you'll not know sickness in any form again from this day forward, 1 Peter 2.24, by whose stripes you were healed. And you begin to thank and praise God. I thank you, Lord, that from this day forward, my body will never know sickness again in the mighty name of Jesus. That any time sickness tries to approach me, tries to, is sent against me by the devil, that the power of the Holy Ghost in me rejects every germ, every disease, every virus, every sickness in Jesus' name, and that I'll never know sickness again. What's happening? You're speaking words that are sitting literally around you and going into your future, creating reality by the power of God. I mean, you just keep on going. I could, keep, I could give you hundreds of prayer points, and we have. We put them on our app. But I'm just showing you that you can speak words into the future as Jesus did, as God did, and they will create what you send them to do as you align your word with the power of the word of God. And the Holy Spirit backs it up. He backs it up. And Jesus literally spoke a word that allowed him to be raised from the dead on the third day. His word waited on him. I mean, literally waited on him. One of the things that... Um, stirs my faith from the Old Testament in regards to this is the story of Abraham and Isaac. And, you know, um, God spoke to Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac on a mountain that God would show him as he was traveling. Well, it ended up being Mount Moriah. And as they got to the top and they built the altar in obedience to God's word and they laid Isaac on the altar and Abraham was ready to uh, kill him with the knife that he brought, God, by an angel, stayed Abraham's hand. He did not uh, sacrifice his son. God was just testing to see if he was willing to sacrifice his son. But watch this. As God, and I've taught this as well, as God still required a sacrifice, Abraham's attention was directed over to a thicket. And he saw a ram that was literally caught up in a thicket waiting on him. I did some study on this and found, according to some scholars, that the ram that he found should not even been, have been as high on the mountain as it was. It was above uh, most of the vegetation uh, line, if you will. So there was not really anything for it to eat. It shouldn't have been that high. And not to mention that, think about this. In order for Abraham to have been able to sacrifice that ram, it had to be a spotless ram. God doesn't just take any offering and sacrifice. It had to be a spotless ram. So are you telling me that just by coincidence, like literal coincidence, Abraham is shown this mountain by God. He goes up to the top and just randomly a few, however many yards away from his altar, there's a ram that's been sitting there tangled up and can't get free in the thicket. That's a perfect spotless lamb waiting on him to just untangle it, bring it over and sacrifice it to God? Or did God's word stick that ram in the thicket and God kept it there waiting for Abraham until he arrived to give the sacrifice that God would actually require him to give? I see it that way, that God spoke and gave Abraham an instruction 
And as he gave it, he stuck that ram and put it in Abraham's future, waiting on him. The same way Christ did when he spoke, put that word and positioned it in his future, waiting on him to arrive at the tomb and then be raised from the dead. You can do the same thing. Literally, you can send. When I was a youth pastor years ago, I used to teach my my youth the same thing. I would teach them on the power of confession and I'd say, listen, you can go and keep speaking like you're speaking now, not according to God's word. And you can literally speak and create for yourself a truck stop bathroom kind of a future to live in or a suite at the Ritz Carlton kind of future to live in. It all depends on what you're willing to say. What are you willing to speak? What are you willing to discipline yourself? See, that's why we're very careful. Carol and I are very careful. We refuse to speak doubt. We refuse to speak unbelief. We, re- we refuse to say things God's word doesn't say. Well, I'm coming down with something. I don't say that. Feels like I'm coming down with something. Feels like I got something in my, I don't know what it is. I feel like I'm getting sick. I don't say that junk because it's not my story. So if it's not my story, why would I make it my story by saying it out of my mouth? I'm not going to do that. I'm going to say what God's word said. And if I feel like something's trying to attack my body, you know what I say? I thank you, Lord, that I am healed. I'm the healed of God. I thank you that I have a redeemer who is my healer, that you said you're the God that heals me, that you'll put none of these diseases upon me. I thank you that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me and right now is quickening, strengthening, and making alive my physical body. You understand? And so I don't allow myself to speak the negative things that the enemy would want me to confess and speak over my life, over my body. It's not going to happen. I'm not going to say to my, well, I'm depressed. I don't say I'm depressed because I'm not depressed. Even if the enemy tried to attack me with depression, I wouldn't say I'm depressed. I would say, thank you, Lord, that I'm in your presence and in your presence is fullness of joy. In your presence is fullness of joy and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. I thank you, Lord, that as I stay in your presence, I stay in joy. I thank you that as I continue to praise and worship you, overwhelming joy floods my heart, floods my mind, floods my body, and the joy of the Lord is my strength. I thank you that I could never be weak. I thank you that I could never be, uh, my power could never diminish. My power could never decrease. I thank you, Lord, that I could never be destroyed because the joy of the Lord is my strength and I walk in your joy daily. Your mercies are new every morning. That's how I talk. That's how you have to talk. You say what God's word says. You confess the word. His mercies are new every morning. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Amen. His mercies never come to an end. They're new every morning and great is his faithfulness. That's how you talk. You say, God, I thank you that today as I wake up, it'll be one of the best days I've ever had in my life. I thank you, Lord, that people are on their way to bless me as part of my covenant of Uh, inheritance. Your word declares that if I'll give, you'll cause other men and women to come give into my bosom. I expect today for people to show up in my path and to bless me supernaturally with favor, with deals. I thank you, Lord, that I'll have money given to me. Checks will come in the mail. I'll find money. Inheritances and estates will be given. I mean, you start talking like that until it comes to pass. Confess it. Remind yourself. Find a way to trigger yourself. Find a way to trigger yourself into confessing biblical things. Let me, uh, let me see if I can find this. Uh, and one of the ways, one of the ways that we trigger ourselves is by, uh, bedtime with the kids. That's when we, that's when we have the kids 
do that confession because we know <clears throat> that every time we go to bed, we're going to say the same thing. So they know and they expect that bedtime is the trigger to cause them to uh, initiate their confession over their life. And so when I say a, a, a trigger, that's what I mean. Something that takes place that allows you to remember to speak over your life. Actually, triggers are very powerful because if you'll create some triggers in your in your life, uh, then you'll you'll more often you'll do what you're uh, wanting to do. My friend Pastor Brian Wright, who I think is still in Israel right now, um, he has a confession that he says all the time. And um, one of the, what they've used as a trigger for their confession is any th- anytime he looks at the clock or looks at his watch, which happens multiple times when I'm with him. Uh, anytime that the the numbers are all the same. You know, if it's 111 or if it's 222 or 333 or 444 or 555, if it's 1111 or 1212, whatever, that'll initiate his confession. And this is what he'll confess. Let me read it to you. This is what he'll confess and his family. He, had, he leads his children, his wife, everybody uh, in this um, confession. He'll, he'll say, oh, it's 1111. Uh, we walk in the full manifestation of our inheritance in Christ. We're out of debt and carry a debt-canceling anointing, and we flow in supernatural abundance for every good work. We have divine health in our bodies now, and we carry an anointing for divine healing. We hate sin, walk in holiness, and are anointed by God. Every weapon formed against us is exposed, will not prosper, and is destroyed. We keep increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man, and the struggle is over. Every time it hits that trigger, they, they as a whole family declare that over their life, confessing it by faith. And those are all biblically based confessions that must come to pass. Why? Because God's word cannot fail. God's word cannot fail. So create your own if you need to. Steal ours if you want to. But create a trigger for yourself and daily confess these things out of your mouth. Let them travel into your future and create reality for you and your children and your family. And declare, we will not diminish. It's not our story. Read Psalm chapter one when the broadcast is over, verses one through three, and explain to me how a person who has a delight in their heart in obeying the commands of God could ever diminish, could ever decrease, and could do anything but increase and be blessed. It's impossible. It is impossible. So begin to de- declare it. Begin to confess it. I want to pray for every one of you that are watching. Maybe this is the first time you've ever heard this revelation in your whole life. I'm praying that God strengthens you and that he anoints you to begin to confess his word faithfully and to see the manifestations of those confessions come to pass quickly. It's a year of violent increase and expedited favor. And then there's people that have been writing in, please pray for me. Belinda, we're going to pray for you. Others that have watched and and have written in. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray now for every man and woman that's watching. I pray that you would, number one, encourage them and, and stir them in their spirit by faith, with a gift of faith, to begin to confess over their children, their lives, their business, their mind, their body. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, that the words we speak by faith are coming to pass because the same breath of life that was in your mouth and in Christ's mouth is in our mouth, the Holy Spirit. And so today we declare it, that our words are creating the reality that you've planned for our lives in Jesus' wonderful name. Now, Lord, I pray for all those watching that need a miracle. I pray for Belinda and I pray for Dawn others that have uh, written in for uh, healing, deliverance. I pray now in Jesus' name, I lose healing virtue into your body. I take authority over sickness and disease. I command it to shrivel and die and leave your body, every cell 
that tries to bring sickness is leaving today. And I lose divine health and healing into your body. Receive it now by the power of God and be made whole wherever you're watching from in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you and we give you praise and glory for your goodness in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, today on this Monday, I want to encourage you to sow a seed by faith into this ministry. And this month, let me say, for every person that is sowing, as you know, $100 or more into this ministry in the month of January, we are sending you one of the best books I have ever seen on fasting and prayer entitled God's Chosen Fast by Arthur Wallace. One of the greatest, and JC, I pray for you as well. That attack's not coming on your body. It's not going to stay in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Um, we're going to send you God's Chosen Fast. It's one of the greatest books ever written on fasting and prayer. And uh, we, want to, we want to send it to you in this time of fasting and prayer. For every person sowing $100 or more, we're going to send it to you. And uh, to receive it, you can go onto our website and go to miracleword.com forward slash offer and claim your free gift uh, for this month. And then listen, for every person that's standing with us at $1,000 or more this year, I'm going to send you, when you sow your $1,000 this month, a beautiful new genuine leather New Living Translation Bible. We just uh, are ordering these. They are gorgeous. Uh, I bought one of these for my wife years ago when we first started dating, and uh, she still has it today. And I just, for some reason, I know everybody's going to their phone, to a tablet or whatever. I love to have a genuine leather uh, Bible. This one that I have here is a genuine leather ESV. And um, we're going to get you a genuine leather um, NLT, a New Living Translation, which I love. I read all the time. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sign it to you and send it to you as our way of saying thank you, as well as the book, God's Chosen Fast. And uh, it's, it's, I'm really happy about these. We're, we're getting these in very shortly, and I'm going to send them to all of you that are sewing and partnering this month. If you'd like to sew, here's how you can do it. Uh, Belinda, we're sending the book to every person that is sewing $100 or more uh, this month. You can go to miracleword.com and sow your seed right there on the site. Um, also, if you'd like to use an app like PayPal or Cash App to sow your seeds, the information's on the screen. You can use info at miracleword.com for PayPal or the cash tag MWGive for Cash App. And then obviously, if you're here on Facebook or Periscope, uh, watching live, you can use hashtag donate in the comments section and sow a seed right from the comments. And we appreciate you. Those of you that are listening um, on the podcast, you can actually just hit the podcast details and scroll up and there's a link you can click uh, to sew. Thank you, Don, for sewing. Uh, there's a link that you can click within the uh, podcast details to click and sow a seed from your phone, wherever you're listening from. And we say thank you to the, everybody that's watching everybody that's listening. Um, we really, really appreciate and love you. And thank you for standing with us. Uh, it means a lot. Carolyn and I are doing more in 2020 than we've ever done in the history of our ministry. It's exciting to me because God's opening the doors. And uh, one of my prayers throughout this 21 days of fasting has been, Lord, make us more impactful by far in 2020 than we've ever been in the past. Let us produce more fruit for the kingdom in 2020 than we've ever produced 
and I pray that, and I know that God can do this, he'll allow us to produce more in 2020 than all other previous years combined. And that's my prayer. Thank you, Suzette. I appreciate that. Back in Kentucky, Marie, I don't have uh, dates yet, but as soon as we do, everything uh, that is uh, what we would say confirmed is already up at miracleword.com forward slash schedule. So we keep that uh, page always updated, always um, with everything that's confirmed and ready to go on the calendar. Uh, we don't put, we don't usually put things that are tentative on there until they're confirmed. So uh, for sure, everywhere that I'm going to be right now is uh, on the website. So you can always check it out there. I'm so excited, man. We're, we're on day 19. We feel strong. I, I don't know how you guys feel. My, my wife and I feel strong. God is blessing us through this fast. It's been one of the best fasts I've ever been on. And uh, so I'm extremely excited about that. <clears throat> don't forget, coming up, uh, Kickstart 2020. Boomerang Church in Albemarle, North Carolina starts this coming Sunday all the way through next, the Sunday after, February the 2nd. Uh, and so that's that's already uh, coming up. I can't believe we're at the end of January already. And so I want to see you guys there. I want to meet I want to meet you if you're close. Come in, be a part of the meeting. It'll be great. Uh, and then also, <clears throat> if you didn't see it at the beginning, we've got the January mission uh, for the kids on MiracleWordKids.com. And um, listen, get your kids involved in this. This is one of the best things out there, in my opinion. And I've looked at stuff. And uh, I'm not just saying this because it's ours. We had a burden in our heart to start things for children, to get them set up in faith and believing God just like we are for the greatest in their life and have them understand uh, what God wants to do with their lives. So if you've got kids or grandkids, get them involved with MiracleWordKids.com. And uh, I'm telling you, they'll be built up in faith. Thank you for sowing. Take a minute and do something that takes faith. Those of you, maybe you've never stepped out by faith before and sown a seed that literally will change your future. Take a step of faith, not something that's easy to release, something that takes your faith to actually do. What's, what's gonna move you? What's gonna move your heart? That's what moves the heart of God. And so if you've never done that before, take a minute today and sow a seed that means something to you. And I wanna say thank you to our partners. Every person that's standing with us in partnership at $85 a month or more, we really, really appreciate you and we pray for you every single week, believing God uh, to touch you and to change your life supernaturally. And I know he has. We get testimonies all the time. Uh, Letty's testimony last week blessed me so, so much. And uh, actually, it was two weeks ago. But thank you, Letty, for sowing. And thank you. I'm so happy God's increasing you financially. We pray for you. And uh, we love all of you that are standing with us. I'll be back again tomorrow, 10.30 a.m. You're not going to want to miss it. Uh, I'm so excited about this week. And the next week from Albemarle, North Carolina, I'll be live again, Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, and on the podcast. And uh, we appreciate and love you guys so much. Have a blessed day, powerful day. And uh, I'll be back again with you tomorrow morning, 10.30 a.m. Eastern. Love you guys. Have a great one. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.